Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet that is definitely going to go over time this week. It's just unavoidable. <laughs> it has to happen. Noobs and the Hoobian. My name is Austin. I'm the Hoobian. These are my sons, Tripp and Corbin. And, and we're the noobs. And this is the podcast that introduces a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and then discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And, and two sons who haven't. So welcome to episode 53, covering season four, episodes 12 and 13, Stolen Earth, and Journey's End. This is the one where they did Avengers Endgame 11 years before Marvel did. Like, seriously, I got a whole yeah. segment about that. Responding to the cloister bells and the bad wolf meme, the Doctor and Donna rush to Earth to find that everything is fine. Then it's really not. The Earth disappears from right under the TARDIS itself. The Doctor's secret army, led by Harriet Jones, former Prime Minister, coordinate all their special skills to get a signal to the Doctor. Some jiggery-pokery later, and he finds Earth, along with 26 other stolen planets orbiting a base station that belongs to the Daleks. Because, of course, of course the Daleks course. are back. It turns out Davros has created a reality bomb that will break apart all matter in every galaxy, in every universe, leaving the Daleks as the only things in existence. Did I mention that along the way, Donna accidentally created a biological metacrisis version of the Doctor that also imparted some of his mind into hers? It, it, that did happen. It comes uh, in, in comes the prophesied Dr. Donna to take over the reality bomb, the Dalek ship, and the Daleks themselves. She then zaps all the stolen planets back to where they came from, and the Doctor creates a timey-wimey lasso thing around the Earth to tow it back home. We then get the, mo the most tear-jerking goodbye montage until Lost. Oh, and the Metacrisis is burning up Donna's mind, so the Doctor wipes her memory and takes her home to her mom and Wilf. She'll never remember any of the wonderful things that she did with the Doctor, but a grateful universe will be singing the song of the Doctor Donna for generations to come. The saddest sad Doctor we've ever seen sadly steps into the sad TARDIS and sadly flies away. The end. The sad end. The sad, sad, the sad end. Sad. Of story number 198 and, by the way, episode 750 of Doctor Who. This was the 700 and wow. uh, the the uh, the first part. Stolen Earth was the 750th uh, airing of Doctor Who, uh, which happened on June 28th and then Ju July 5th, 2008, to 8.75, 8.78, sorry, and wait for it, 10.57 million viewers. Wow! Wow! Making it the second highest rated, uh, second highest viewed. Um, after Voyage of the Damned, which was a Christmas episode. So. Nobody realized this was a two-part, so uh, yeah, that's why right? everybody watched the season finale. Hey, they had the uh, they had the uh, the recap at the beginning that we skipped over because for us it was five minutes, but for some people mm -hmm. it had been a week, and then for other people they hadn't seen it at all. So they did have a recap. So yeah. mm -hmm. uh, for those two million people that showed up uh, too late, they at least got that much. Uh, this was, of course, written by our man Russell T. Davies and directed by Graham Harper, and we had a Harper treatment moment. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't notice it at the time, but it was when Mickey, Jackie, and Sarah Jane were all looking through uh, the like dome-shaped portal at the reality bomb victims. Mm -hmm. you remember what I'm talking about here? That was that was our Graham Harper treatment for the episode. That there. didn't look very weird, though. Did that distort their it, face? A little, a little oh, bit, yeah. a little bit. No. Yeah, I don't know. No, no it didn't. Sort of dome-shaped, I don't know. Uh, miscellaneous trivia, we have uh, quite a bit of miscellaneous trivia that I wanted to run down. First of all, this is the first time, and I pointed this out, I started shouting out the names when they came up in the credits, because this is the first time that the opening credits featured six names. So well. we had all of these different companions that were all listed. Um, and then, 
after the the actual opening credit like scene, you know, with the with the time vortex and everything, did y'all catch that they had what's called the the like spillover credits where you know the episode is going and there's like credits coming across the bottom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They timed those so that the the <clears throat> actor's name would appear when the character appeared on screen. So like a lot of times you'll just have like names going across the bottom mm-hmm. and there's like you know, one person on screen talking and it's the first couple of seconds of the episode. This was like, so when they, when they showed Yanto pulling out the gun, they showed his name. And then when Gwen Mm -hmm. popped up with her gun, they showed her name, you know, that kind of thing. So I thought that was kind of, uh, kind of cool. That's cool. Uh, there was a, okay. All right. This was a two parter. That was a 45 minute episode followed by a 67 minute episode. And (laughs) there were four cut scenes from the second episode, oh my God. the 67-minute episode had four deleted scenes, two or three of which appeared on the DVD box set, and there was other stuff that was cut for budgetary uh, reasons. So when they showed up at the Shadow Proclamation, uh, were, were you guys completely unimpressed with the Shadow Proclamation? Yes. There was like, there some, was like nothing there. Some Jadoon. The Jadoon. And then a really pale lady. Woman. And other than little, that, they were literally the only her little people servant there. or whatever. Her yeah, was about and she was like human with I don't know weird red eyes or something. And that and was really all. Red so eyes. there's gotta be more. Uh, in the same way that this was a parade of Doctor Who characters, this was supposed to this scene was supposed to be a parade of Doctor Who aliens. So Russell T Davies' original version, his his original uh, concept here was that you would have the following aliens, all right? So you would have some Raxacora Cephalopatorians with a child. Okay. And who would that child be, Trip? The last time we saw her, she was an egg. Egg. This would have been blonde. Seriously? Yeah. So we were supposed to... Now, I don't know how much we would have known that that was blonde, but you were supposed to see... Two Raxacoric Pephalatorians with a child who was supposed to be Blonde Felfoch Pasimir de Sladine. Um, there was supposed to be at least one baby adipose with an adult adipose. Apparently, they are 15 feet tall. Uh, you would have had wow. Krillotane, uh, Vespiform, Hath. I, I, I really wish we could have seen the Hath again because mm-hmm. I just love their little bubble thing on their front of their mm-hmm. face. Uh, there would have been Gelth. Cybermen. What? Cybermen? That no, one confuses they're me. They're like guys. bad guys. Sycorax. We would have seen Alonzo Frame. Yes. Do y'all remember Alonzo? Alonzi yes. Alonzo? Mm-hmm. The guy from uh, Voyage of the Damned. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to have shown up in that episode as a shadow soldier working for the Shadow Proclamation. We were supposed to have seen an Isolus. Uh, if you all remember, that was the little uh, dandelion jellyfish thing that oh, flew yeah. into uh, 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 oh, Chloe Weber's mouth. Yeah. Uh, the Grask. <laughs> the Grask we haven't um, we have we haven't seen yet, but mm-hmm. they appeared in one oh, like a one-off that we didn't watch, and they're going to be in a one-off coming up. Uh, the and then there was a there's a, a few on this list that I I think are classic Who connections. Uh, so Croton, which uh, that one is a classic Who crystalline alien okay. of some kind. Uh, a Hoix. We would have seen the Hoix return. Yes. Finally. Uh, Kelonian. Don't know what that is. And then a two-headed race, maybe the Aplans, which again, I guess that's a, a classic Who thing. I don't know. Uh, so 
there was uh, of the of the uh, cutscenes. So one of the cutscenes was supposed to be a moment where, when the TARDIS left at the end, they would have cut back inside to Donna, and she would have heard the TARDIS and kind of had a moment of like, like momentary recognition, and then go, nah, you know, like that's ah, nothing. Um, until somebody pointed out that like we just spent several minutes saying she can't ever remember anything about me or she will die, so they cut mm-hmm. that. Um, but a really cool, uh, a, a really cool cutscene that was actually filmed and is on the the DVD box set was uh, when when they were at Bad Wolf Bay. The tenth Doctor would have handed over a uh, the 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 wiki called it a piece of coral looking substance. You know how the inside of the Taurus ha- TARDIS has the, the little swoopy mm, things yeah. that kind of look like they're made out of coral. Mm-hmm. So he would have handed the Metacrisis Doctor a lump of whatever that coral stuff is so that he could grow his own TARDIS. That's cool. Metacrisis would have then said, yeah, but that takes thousands of years. And then the Dr. Donna would have rattled off some jiggery-pokery way of doing it faster so that Don, uh, I'm sorry, Rose and the Doctor could travel through space and time as it should be. Okay. So first of all, I can't believe that that got cut. Yeah. Secondly, this makes the April Fool's joke from earlier in the year even better. This was the best April Fool's joke of 2019. I don't remember if I told y'all. Have I told y'all about this? You were wanting to not. Okay. All right. All right. So here's what happened. The BBC did an official announcement on their website that... Billy Piper and David Tennant were teaming up for a new show called Metacrisis that would be the uh, adventures of Rose, uh, Rose Tyler and a man calling himself John Smith through mm-hmm. space and time. Let me, let me see if I can read it. Um, Metacrisis sees David Tennant and Billy Piper reviving their popular on-screen pairing set over a decade after the events of 2008 Doctor Who episode Journey's End. It follows the adventures of Rose Tyler and the titular Metacrisis 10th Doctor. Uh, this would have been a, um, a standalone spin-off show, at least six-episode run. Um, uh, let's see. The synopsis says, On parallel Earth, Rose Tyler and someone calling himself John Smith have been living a relatively peaceful life with their two children... And their retired police dog. Police dog. Um, the, okay. <laughs> the biggest challenge in their lives being where to go on date night. But their quiet existence is about to be rocked as something sinister is stirring in Bad Wolf Bay. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Wow. And then as I read, I continued reading on the article and I was like, wait a minute. Something doesn't feel right. So here's a, there's a quote from Billy Piper. Uh, the romantic relationship between the Doctor and Rose has always been very popular with fans, mainly on Tumblr and DeviantArt, but I'm excited to explore the many ups and downs of, of uh, Ten Petals. Ten Petals. I guess that's the, the ship name for Rose and the Tenth Doctor, like Rose Petals. I so. guess. I don't know. Um, so that one, I was like, that's a really weird quote from Billy Piper. That's just weird. Then David Tennant says, it's funny. Every year around this exact time, I seem to be getting calls from my agent about returning to Dr. Who. And I was like, that's a really weird quote from David Tennant. Why would he say every year around this exact time? Oh my gosh, it's April 1st. I got guys. That is the third to last paragraph. That is how far into this article I got before I realized it was an April Fool's joke. And then I hated, hated, hated this website. 
DoctorWhoTV.co.uk. I hate you for having <laughs> the best. This is the only one that got me this year. And it was the only one that stands out in my memory at all from this April Fool's Day. Um, so that was fantastic. However, now I, I, I told you guys I want to see the um, – I want to see the, um, what do you sign? A petition. I want to see the petition for the BBC to make this show because this show needs to happen. I would I so watch it for petition. We would for start a I new, did forget the words. Yes. We would start a new thing where we go on and we do all the spin-off shows <laughs> and start watching through that. We would Can make I, a new I, podcast. Okay, I seriously debated, I seriously debated on this podcast, do we want to do all the shows? Um, mm, and what my if we what get my to finish everything that's and what, classic who that's what so. I'm thinking. However, um, I I toyed with the idea of what if we watch them as they aired. So like on on this week in 2009, if you had this episode of Doctor Who, this episode of Sarah Jane Adventures, and this episode of Torchwood, we'll do them in that order. Not all in one week, but we would do them in that order. And then I decided that was just too much. No, that would be way too much. <laughs> yeah. And I've never seen, I saw the first three episodes of Torchwood. It didn't grab me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never seen Sarah Jane Adventures. Um, but I do have I do have a little bit more to say about those two shows later on. So let me not get ahead of myself. So, um, so apparently that cut scene of them being given a TARDIS was, I mean, all of a sudden, that I went, oh my gosh, the Metacrisis show would be even better. They would have a TARDIS. Because I didn't know that, you know? So, all right. Uh, let's see. In uh, We're still in miscellaneous trivia here. In this episode, there is a reference of some kind to every single episode of this uh, season. There are also mentions to Martha's season, Rose, uh, both of Rose's and Sarah Jane's original run in Classic Who, Rose's two seasons, Sarah Jane's original seasons in Classic Who, Sarah Jane Adventures episodes and gags, and Torchwood episodes. Wow. I mean, this is like wow. an episode or two episodes of nothing but callbacks is what this is. Um, and again, I've got, I've got more to say about that later on. Um, the, um, the idea of the 10th Doctor growing a clone of himself to go and live with Rose was in Russell T's mind from the very beginning. Um, he actually planned this is that is why the doctor lost his hand in the Christmas invasion. Wow. It's not something that they decided to go back and grab. He planted that idea then because he had that in mind. The original uh, the original idea ha- was something more along the lines of the doctor using the hand to create a clone of himself to to send to Donna in some way. Uh I keep doing that to Rose. Um but you know, went a little bit different tack with it. Um, it was supposed to happen right before his regeneration. And then they ended up going this way with it and incorporating it into an aborted regeneration. And, you know, just apparently the, the, um, the timing worked out better. So, um, I love stuff like that. I always wonder when you're watching a show and they do a callback to like two seasons ago. It's like, how long have they been planning this for? Right. Right. And, and it's like, were they planning for it? (laughs) <laughs> you know, or were they not? You know, sometimes you don't know. Was this just them making stuff up on the fly? Who knows? Right. Like, hey, you remember that time he lost his hand? Like, wouldn't this be neat? You know, um, there's. I think there's like an entire series of Star Wars books based off of Luke's hand, if I remember correctly. 
you know, like mm-hmm. something that happens to his hand. I don't know. Stuff I like that. I think there, yeah, there is. Yeah. Um, and, oh, <laughs> and then there was, there was a, a little note that somebody pointed out that when the Metacrisis doctor holds Rose's hand at the, at the very end when they're at Bad Wolf Bay, he's holding her hand with his right hand, which is the one that he lost. So it was the only part of the original doctor holding on mm. to him. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, oh, awesome. That's, that's sweet. Um, that and, you know, I mean, he's right-handed. So, so. there's that. And yeah. she was standing on his right side, so there's that too. But somebody pointed it out, so I thought that was neat. Um, I did want to go ahead and mention that this is the end of our time with Donna and Rose and Sarah Jane. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to see them feature... You never mentioned Martha. ...prominently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not going to see them uh, feature prominently in a story again. Yeah, you'll notice I didn't mention Martha. Why? Because we never mentioned Martha. Because she's not Rose Tyler. Um, <laughs> As we mentioned before uh, on on the episode where she appeared, uh, Elizabeth Sladen, Sarah Jane, um, she did continue on with the Sarah Jane adventures, um, but she did pass away in 2011. If I remember correctly, uh, if I remember correctly, David Tennant, if I read this right, David Tennant appeared on an episode uh, of Sarah Jane adventures uh, sometime after this episode, I believe, or maybe it was before this one. I don't remember. But um, but he did uh, he did do a crossover. I believe Eleven also does a crossover um, later on. So I have been um, I have been wondering should we go and at least watch those episodes? But I don't know. We'll see. Mm. Maybe it'd be fun for a point five episode or something like that. So yeah. Uh, okay. So cast this week. Um, I did want to start off with a with a short note that uh, Richard Dawkins appears here as himself. Um, he was one of the. Um, uh, when they were going flipping through the channels and like like Trip, you pointed out, you know, the mm-hmm. the late night comedians are joking about the planets in the sky and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they they flipped over to a scientist and he's like, No, 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 it's very clear. We have been moved. We have traveled through space. That is uh, a scientist named Richard Dawkins. He's a he's a pretty pretty uh, famous scientist, author, uh, public speaker, that kind of thing. And I was like, Oh, that's neat not worthy of putting on the podcast, except that at the time he was married to a woman whose name I'm going to butcher. It's either Lala Ward or Layla Ward. I don't know. It's L-A-L-L-A Ward. And uh, so they were married at the time. They've since divorced. But uh, Layla was years ago married to Tom Baker, the fourth doctor. Seriously? And appeared on Classic Who. Now, I didn't track oh. down whether or not she was married to him when she was on the show or if maybe that's how they met. I don't know. But she was on the show back in the day, uh, played a couple of different characters, and um, one of the show writers, Douglas Adams, who is also the writer of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, um, he got to know her, and uh, Richard Dawkins wrote a fan letter to Douglas Adams at one point, And then that kind of started a conversation and they ended up becoming friends. And one, one day at, I think Douglas Adams birthday party, it was, it was either Richard Dawkins, Layla Wards or Douglas Adams. One of them was having a birthday party and all three of them were there and Douglas introduced the two of them. And that's how they ended up getting married. So, and, and so wow. then because of all of that, the script called for an elderly, an older scientist. And somebody said, hey, what if we got Richard Dawkins? <laughs> so 
they they invited him on. So I thought that was a that was a neat little like you know closing of the loop there. Mm-hmm. So as for the rest of the the cast of note, I mean, there's there's a thousand things that we could say here, but it is a as I mentioned before, a cavalcade of Doctor Who stars. It's just like one recurring character slash actor after another. Now, the first is Davros, who is a recurring character, but this was the first time that this actor uh, played Davros. So it wasn't like one of the old actors coming back. But we had the return of Rose, Martha, Martha's mom. Though we don't need to mention Martha. I was going to say, if the only person who gets shorter shrift than Martha would be Martha's mom. I didn't even take the time to look up her name. Uh, (laughs) Mickey, Jackie, Sarah Jane, Luke, which is Sarah Jane's son, K-9, Captain Jack, uh, Yanto Jones, and Gwen Cooper. Like, holy cow. It's just like the whole universe. So many people. Yeah. Now... Um, the, the reason in particular that I point out Gwen Cooper and Yanto Jones, um, Gwen Cooper was played by Eve Miles. I don't remember if we mentioned this. Think back to The Unquiet Dead. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So at the, uh, there was the... Wait, who's Gwen Cooper again? Gwen, Gwen Cooper and Yanto Jones were the ones at Torchwood that were stuck in the oh, time yeah, bubble yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. With the big guns. They shot the guns and then all of a sudden the guns were, the, the bullets were frozen. All right, so think back to The Unquiet Dead. Uh, that was the episode with the Gelf. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. And remember that there was, like, the, uh, the, the, the housemaid who seemed to be a little bit psychic, and, like, she touched Rose and said something about... Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the wolf. She saw the wolf, mm-hmm. you know, and all this kind yeah. of crazy stuff. And then at the end, she goes down and she steps into the rift... Yeah. And is able to close the rift. Remember, there was that whole thing where she's been dead since she stepped in there, but mm-hmm. it's been like five minutes, but she's still talking and whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that is Eve Miles, who also oh. plays Gwen Cooper. So you had Gwyneth, the housemaid in the, uh, in the Unquiet Dead, played by Eve Miles, who also plays Gwen Cooper in Torchwood. Do you guys remember there was a little moment where the doctor and Rose when they were looking at the screen and he said, Oh, Gwen Cooper, uh, uh, where are you from? And she said, Cardiff. And he goes, Oh yeah. Have you lived there long? And Rose is looking like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had that little moment and y'all were like, the heck was that all about? And they talked about, uh, let's see. They talked about spatial genetic multiplicity. Duh. Like we're all supposed to know what that means. That was a nod to the fact that it was the same actress. Rose was looking at her going, she looks just like that woman that died in the 1800s in Cardiff in the time rift or in the spatial rift. And so what they did was they kind of retconned it. So what, what happened is Gwyneth, Gwyneth's likeness was sent through the rift via spatial genetic multiplicity, producing a very similar looking Cardiff resident, Gwen Cooper. Because logic. (laughs) Because that's how you explain how somebody who lived a couple hundred years ago looks exactly like this person that's on the screen right now. So that was just a, that was a fun little nod that they just kind of, kind of threw in there. So, Hey, this all totally makes sense. Yeah. I mean, and again, that's like a retcon that does no harm. You know, like I just, I love that. It's like, oh, a little wibbly wobbly stuff happened. And uh, some 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 jibberty jabberty thrown in there, some genetic spatial genetic multiplicity, uh, and and now we've explained why this actor played two different 
characters centuries yeah. apart. Good stuff. Hey guys, Noobs in the Whovian is brought to you by R5 Website Management, where you can get world-class hosting, domain registration, and security at a great price. If you're looking to start a new website, or maybe you're looking for a cheaper hosting solution for your website, come check us out at store.r5websitemanagement.com and use the code noobs at checkout for 15% off your entire order. Make sure that you throw in all the stuff you need and if you uh, set up your domain registration and your hosting for multiple years, you'll get that 15% off of everything in your first order. So make sure that you use noobs at checkout to get your website started today. All right, so guys, the checklist trip. Thanks for adding that in there. Yay. The baddie of the week was blank because do we do we need to say <laughs> It was Davros. Of, it was not the Daleks. It was baddie Davros. Of the week. It was the Daleks again. No, it was Davros. Just so we don't have to say it was the Daleks. Okay. Again. I mean, it is worth noting we had the the what was it? Supreme Dalek? The Dalek Supreme? Something. I don't know. The Dalek that had a fin on the front. Like and then he had Dalek little... Khan. Yeah. Yeah, Dalek Khan. The return of Dalek Khan, who uh, last time we saw him, uh, Dalek Sek, and then Dalek the other guy. What was it? What was the third one? We had Dalek Sek, Dalek Khan, and then there was a third one. And those two died, but Dalek Khan uh, it, it jumped, did a temporal shift at the last possible second before Something. he died. So we all knew we were going to see him again. We didn't know that we were going to see him cracked open like a bad oyster on a sh- on the half shell, uh, spouting out nonsense, making predictions about the future. Apparently, can I say this is he is though um, as as much as we poo poo on the Daleks? Can I just say this? He is my favorite Dalek. Mm-hmm. Prophecy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, mean, I just see into the future. Everything about his voice and his uh, first of all, first of all, can we give a little bit of props for the puppet of just the <laughs> randomly. Flapping tentacles, yeah. and then like, like the random what looked like to be a heart, and then like the mouth yeah. that looks stitched up. Yeah, yeah, it just yeah, exactly the little the little little part weird. of his of his body that's just like raising and falling like it's a heartbeat, and like the one wacky eye. Um, <laughs> so um, you know we we got rid of um, CGI and costumes and everything, but the costumes and the and the uh, the the puppetry here was pretty good because mm-hmm. Davros is horrifying. He mm-hmm. is. Um, I kept wondering how he saw, it, and then I realized he you had know the I, eye in the middle of his head. Oh yeah, the Dalek eye. Yeah. You know what I just realized is that Davros is what would happen if the Emperor and Thanos had a baby. He <laughs> <laughs> paints such a weird picture. No, think about it. Think about it. Because he's got. He's I mean, got, he's yes, got like the crazy but why eyes did of you the have Emperor. To say it that way. He's got the crazy eyes of the Emperor, but he's also got like the chin. Slits <laughs> in his chin that Thanos has, and he's kind of purple. Uh, and his teeth, his teeth, uh, they, metallic. You know what? You know what I hate is like when you have like a really awesome makeup job, but then they do nothing in the mouth. So, yeah. so like the tree woman, the tree mm-hmm. woman that we saw in the flashback in this episode, mm-hmm. um, where like you know she's like head to toe like tree, but then she's got like pearly white teeth. Because okay, that's hard. That's hard. They did not skimp on this guy. They painted the inside of his mouth. His tongue was the wrong color. His teeth were horrifying. And it's partially because he kept going, and like with the wide mouth, like, activate the reality, Bob! (laughs) He just was like screaming upwards at a camera on a crane for half the episode. 
So uh, they had to make sure they got the inside of his mouth right. And good job on those guys. Um, yes. So, Which was why you can tell he intentionally opened his mouth as much <laughs> as he possibly could. Like, he was like, look at our awesome This makeup. was an extra two hours of makeup. I'm going to make sure it's in every shot. <laughs> I'm not going to waste any bit of yeah. this. Yeah. And by the way, I could listen to that guy talk all day. Uh, whatever vocal effect they were putting on that guy's voice, whatever the machine they were putting it through mm-hmm. to give it that rattly sound that, mm-hmm. you know... He's like he's like a flesh and blood dude sitting there, but it sounds like a robot. Ah, I love it. I love it. Um, all right, so the rest of the checklist. <laughs> uh, it was like nothing. The, uh, on we the had nothing on the wells. Nothing on I'm. We we got plenty of I'm sorry, but we didn't get any I'm sorry. I'm so very sorry or whatever. Um, no Alonzis. I guess if we'd have seen Alonzo, maybe we would have we would have gotten that. Um, no what? But there was another cutscene that was cut and decided. Uh, it was cut, cut. Um, it's on the DVDs, but uh, it's it's a it's a truly deleted scene. Whereas, by the way, Russell T. Davies says that the scene that they cut about regrowing the TARDIS, he says that's canon. He's oh, like, wow. go ahead and assume that actually happened. But uh, there was a cut scene at the very end with the Doctor and the TARDIS, and uh, he something popped up on the display, and he did his he did his what thing. And then over his shoulder, guess what rose up? Come on, it's not a Dalek. What's it got to be? Cyberman. Oh, okay. Cyberman rose up behind him. And some people pointed out, they were like, you know, that was like a really gut-wrenching episode. And it's a real tearjerker. It sure would be a shame to all of a sudden throw a cliffhanger at him. So why don't we just leave it? So that's why we got the saddest of the sad doctors ever, sadly flying away in his sad TARDIS through the sad time vortex of sadness. Uh, so we didn't get any what's, but there was one in the cutscene. Uh, we had, oh my gosh, up to this point, the running count for Oi was five. Mm-hmm. This episode mm-hmm. gave us ten. <laughs> These episodes. Holy cow. I'm not even going to read through all of them. It'll be in the show notes. Uh, But we did get uh, a a great amount of them. My favorite bit was when you had the dueling oys. Mm -hmm. When you had Metacrisis Doctor and the Dr. Donna, who didn't know she was the Dr. Donna yet, going, uh, Oi, watch it, Space Man. She said, Oi, watch it, Earth Girl. And then, Oh, oh, what in the world? Then he says, I sound all rough. She says, Oi. And he goes, Oi. And she goes, Oi. <laughs> so much back and forth, and that was, that was my, the only word they were using. That was my favorite. Oh yeah, that's my favorite. I think I rewound that what three times. Mm-hmm. I think. Like, oi, oi, oi! This is fantastic. <laughs> um, and then, then they did it one more time where she says you're human, and he says that's disgusting, and she says oi, and he goes oi. <laughs> I'm like, how do you have a full conversation that just consists of oi? So apparently uh, you can. Yeah. It's, it reminded me of the uh, the crabs in uh, Finding Nemo. It's like, aye, aye, aye. <laughs> like, get away, this is our spot. Aye, aye. All right, uh, let's see. We did have a couple things that were impossible. The sky was impossible. Who 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 was harping on the sky? No, I think was that was both me. of you? I was yeah. so annoyed that it was taking them. So, like, there's there's a difference between suspense of what's in the sky and okay, time to show the sky, guys. This is getting annoying. you know what it was. You know what it was. They had to show mm-hmm. every part of the super team reacting mm-hmm. to the sky. Because they did. They went through all of the different people all over the it was planet. It like Star Trek reactions, yeah. but longer. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what it was. It was some Star Trek The Next Generation. I mean, uh, the original series when like the alien shows up on the screen and they have to get the, the shocked take of every crew member on the bridge. Except 
Except they didn't bother to show the sky before, so you just had to wait through right. all that to see what was wrong now, with the sky. I will say that when when Donna showed up with the gun. And then it did like that awesome pan down to her looking up at the sky and then it flipped over. I was like, okay, that was a pretty good payoff. Mm -hmm. But it was a lot of buildup. It Mm -hmm. was a lot of buildup. Davros said that it was impossible to see Sarah Jane. And then uh, the doctor started to say it was impossible, but then Davros did say it was impossible for the TARDIS to show up later on. So uh, this was an episode full of the impossible. Uh, Oh, uh, for the first time in a while, we've gotten a lot of conversation about the time work. So we had, there was kind of a, a moment there about uh, Dalek Khan going back to um, the beginning of the time war, I guess. Cause th- I thought it was in the middle. I, if I understood right, the doctor said that Davros died in the first years of the time war. Oh, yeah. And then Davros said that Dalek Khan went back to the time war and you know, saved that's him when, last second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's when the doctor said he, that's impossible. It's time. Um, locked. It's time locked. And so this is the first time that we've ever, okay. So we've been asking the question, why didn't, why doesn't the doctor just go back and save everybody? Right. This is why this is a fixed. We've point. said this before. Right. But this is the first time on the episode. This is the first time on the show that they officially said why that was. Because remember that the the entirety the entirety of the time war happened between Classic Who and New Who, or mm-hmm. excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, the resolution of the time war, the whatever it was that made Nine so gloomy and dressed in all black, was between emo doctor. huh emo doctor emo doctor happened between Classic Who and New Who, and so it's like well why doesn't he just go back and fix it. This is the first time that it's officially said on screen, it's time locked. You can't mess with it. So uh, that is that is an interesting point to make. And of course, it's time locked, so it's impossible to go back to it, which means what? We have to do it. That's Dalek why Khan does it. Dalek Khan went back there. And becomes a psychic sociopath. <laughs> right. But it, so he he stared into time itself, Davros says. Similar Dalek Khan says he died a thousand times. So I don't know what that means. Does that mean like he experienced a thousand different timelines where he died and it drove him crazy? Or was he being completely metaphorical when he said he died died a thousand deaths? Who knows? So mm. as a result of that, he ends up um, a, a, a Looney Tune, but he can see the future because, he's, because he saw the future. <laughs> he stared into time itself, so. Uh, our Jibberty Jabberty. We had uh, we had a few things here. We had a Cronon Loop, which was a temporal prison, mm-hmm. um, and it was just that. It was a loop, a little blue ring around the TARDIS. That was mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, neat little effect. Uh, we had the Dalek ship being powered by a Z, uh, oh, excuse me a Zed neutrino engine. Corbin, what did you say about that? This is the one time where Zed sounds cooler than Z. Yeah. <laughs> So in in uh, in American English we say we would say a Z neutrino engine, but uh, in in the UK and Australia they they don't say Z they say Z so it was a Z neutrino engine. Uh, we had instantaneous biological metacrisis, resulting in the weirdest doctor ever. Uh, we had a warp a warp star which was a warp fold conjugation trapped in a carbonized shell. That was that was some awesome okay. jibbity jabbery by. <laughs> Uh, Captain Jack. Basically, it's a big bomb. Yeah, it's, it's an explosion it's waiting bomb. to happen. It's a mega nuke. Uh, 
uh, and then Donna, uh, oh gosh. Okay. So I wrote down the first one Then I said I was going to go back and get them. Uh, but it just, it was too many. So her first one was, she said, closing all Z neutrino relay loops using internalized synchronous backfeed reversal loop. And then spent the next five minutes doing nothing but jibberty jabberty. I know. Just nothing but. To, to do simple things like make a Dalek spin in circles. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which was hilarious. And then just like <laughs> flicked one switch and yeah. then. Sitting there like, I can't control my body. Yeah. <laughs> Please send help. Um, I guess under jiggery pokery, um, we didn't have anything specific for. The psychic paper, the Sonic. Um, oh, we did. We did see the the uh, the appearance of the Sonic lipstick, which yeah, apparently is a yeah. thing in the Sarah Jane Adventures. So that's fun. Uh, let's see. The TARDIS didn't do anything in particular. Um, random jiggery pokery. We just had all that stuff at the end. We actually, I mean, there was all kinds of jiggery pokery leading up to uh, leading up to this. The way that the Doctor tracked down the cosmic trail left behind by the bees. Um, how he ended up, get, you know, leaping the TARDIS one second into the future, mm-hmm. asynchronous time His bubble or phones apparently. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, then there was uh, at the end, it was nothing but jiggery pokery. It was right. you know them sending the planets back by doing X, Y, and Z. Uh, excuse me, Z, and then, <laughs> and then you know doing all the different things that they had to do to get the Earth back home. It was just, it was just. Oh, it's just too much. Because too of course the Earth was the only one that didn't make it back home. Right. Um, Corbin, existential horror? I'd say probably not on this one. No. Well, I don't know. Maybe Dalek if we're, ta- Con, if we're talking about the fact of all existence being wiped out except for the Daleks, that's kind of horrifying. True. Like every possible reality taken out. All, mm-hmm. all, you know, at the not same not time, just our reality, all, all the realities. All realities, yeah. All right, so um, who's who? Holy cow, man. Like, again, this was an episode where I just I, I was sucked in so hard that I was having a hard time taking notes. Um, who was or who is Rose? Um, she finally gets to keep the doctor. Good for her. That was, that was the big note I had there. I mean, we talked last time about how Rose is, um, we're seeing a different Rose where she's a little more hardened, a little more in charge, mm-hmm. um, a lot more mature. She's and definitely quiet changed. Quiet and solemn, yeah. Um, but at the end, she finally gets to keep the doctor. So that's awesome. Um, who, uh, who is Martha? Um, she became the head of Project Indigo and um, kind of, again, sets out on a quest around the world, um, mm-hmm. this time using you know, a teleporter. So that was cool. Um, but ends up you know, going to Germany, f- preparing to blow up the Earth. Yeah, the Osterhagen key or whatever is like... Osterhagen the worst idea ever. <laughs> I mean... What if Earth gets so bad that we have to blow it up? Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, really? Somebody... Like, the doctor's like, who came up with that idea? Did the whole, like... Did the United Nations agree upon this? Or is this, like, Britain doing its own thing? This would seem to be unit, wouldn't it? It was it was a unit general that gave her the Osterhagen key. I mean... And he I said, guess. by the power invested in me by unit. So this was not the UN. This was this was UNIT, which is I. We've never been real clear on what exactly UNIT is as far as jurisdiction and sanction and that kind of thing. Like, is it an official governmental body or is it more of like a dark agency, you mm-hmm. know, shadow group kind of thing? So, um, but once again, we have Martha, you know, uh, setting out across the world to to save the world. In the end, kind of doesn't. <laughs> it's like she's like. Hey, Daleks, I'm going to tell you exactly where I am. 
so that if you want to use a teleporter to zap me out of here and leave the Osterhagen key behind, uh, you could totally do that. So that was You're my exact coordinates. Oh, and you know what? She wasn't still wearing the Project Indigo vest. Because if she was, she could have just pulled the cords and gone back. That was a mistake. That was a mistake. So, guys, remember, next time you're out trying to save the world, keep your teleportation vest on at all times. Yes. And always be ready to pull on the handles. Because that's how you teleport, apparently. Like, I, don't, two, I don't know where we're going with this. I don't know. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting. She grabbed those two handles and pulled them like she was deploying a parachute. And she goes, zip, and, you know. Anyways. She's teleporting. It wasn't like beep, boop, beep, boop on her wrist like... With Captain Jack. Jack. No, yeah. apparently you're gonna like you think where you want to go, and it sends you there or whatever. It oh yeah, that's right. that's right. Yeah. It like doesn't connect to your mind. It's a vest. Yeah. Even the TARDIS doesn't do that. With that one, you gotta tell it where you want to go. I do love that. I love how much they play with the idea of psychic stuff as science mm-hmm. in in the universe, where it's you know the TARDIS has you know a translation matrix that's psychic and. You know, the sonic is psychic, and it's not magic. It's just super advanced technology, all of them. All right, who is Donna? Uh, we've, we found out that all timelines are converging on her. Because she saves them all, apparently. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the, um, oh, man, I thought it was really, there was a sad moment where the Metacrisis doctor sees her, um, well, he sees her thoughts in that they kind of, you know, he came from her, so he knows her and her way of thinking. That's why he keeps saying oi and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he realizes that all of her her roughness was just a defense because she really believes she's useless. And can I just say, again, I still hate her mom. Yes. Like, at the end of this episode, I still hate her mom. Like, they tried to redeem her, and it just made me hate her even more. In what way? Did they even try to redeem her? Um, no. The very last bit where... The doctor says, you know, she was like, well, of, of, of course, you know, of course she's amazing. She's my daughter, you know, and, I, and all I could think is, boy, that's just typical for her to be like the only thing, the only way that she's going to admit that Donna is amazing is by tying it to the fact that she's her daughter, you know, like trying to take yeah. credit for Donna's amazingness. Mm-hmm. And then the doctor says, maybe you should tell her every once in a while. And then, Ooh, sick burn. Yeah, sick burn. And then Donna kind of comes in, interrupts them, and she was like, as I was saying, I think you should go. And I was like, man, like she's still a jerk. Mm-hmm. Still. Hey, Donna, slap this girl every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Um, and then, okay, and then we got the Dr. Donna. Do you guys remember all the way back to Planet mm-hmm. of the Ood? Yes. Yeah. Where I kept saying... We will sing of the Dr. Donna. I kept saying Dr. Donna in that in that episode of the podcast. I kept saying Dr. Donna, Dr. Donna, Dr. Donna. Because I was I was I was winking at all the Whovians listening uh, because this was coming down the road. I you know, obviously my first time through, I did not catch that at all. I did not remember that callback at all. Um, and I I I, it's, I think it's weird that they didn't there was no callback in the episode. Mm-hmm. There was the Dr. Donna, and there's a moment where the doctor seems to like a light bulb goes off. But he doesn't say, just like the Ood said. I thought he did. Did he? No. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he yeah, did. Yeah, he did. She said, I'm the. He said, wait, you're the Dr. Donna, just like the Ood said. Did he? Mm-hmm. Okay, I must have missed it. Again, so that's, that's the hard thing about uh, 
about doing the notes is that sometimes I miss those little moments like that. So um, she was the best of humanity and the best of the doctor. She says, I got the best part mm-hmm. of the doctor, his mind. And I thought it was interesting that um, in the scene that stayed, she she was able to take over the whole Dalek ship by jiggery-pokery and jibberty-jabberty. And mm-hmm. the two other doctors go, why didn't we ever think of that? And she goes, because you're only Time Lords. I am uh-huh, a human suckers. Time Lord metacrisis, and I have that gut instinct that allows me to think of things y'all would never think of in a million years. And I was like, ah, look at that. That's Humanity so- can upgrade Time Lords. That's awesome. Wow. I when they're part we- Time Lord. I hope I meet well, yeah. a Time Lord when he's about to regenerate so he can shoot his <laughs> stuff into me. There you go. So you can regenerate along with him. Um, yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I loved that. But not and before then again, I stab my arm. In the cut scene, in the cut scene, she gives them a way to grow a TARDIS in, in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. So, again, something that the Time Lords never, never, never have you know, stumbled across or figured out. So I thought that was great. Um, who is Wilf? Other than the man with the weepiest eyes in all of Great Britain. Holy cow. Every time... That's what they called them last time. Every time you look at that guy, do y'all just want to cry? I just want to cry. I want to rub my yeah. eyes. Kind of looks like a hobo, honestly. Every, <laughs> he looks like a man in need of Visine. I'll say that. Um, and he, yeah, he's just such a... Uh, he is a sad character, but in a loving, lovable way. Mm-hmm. And that bit at the end where he tells the doctor, I'll, every night when it gets dark and the stars come out, I'll look up on Donna's behalf and I'll think of you. And I was just like... <sighs> sad Wilf. Yeah, sad Wilf. Oh, and by the way, he says this while the doctor is standing in the rain. So Trip was like, I've seen this before. That's because it's a meme where you have... That, that scene of the rain coming down on a loop as a gif is yeah. just like iconic, sad, sad, sad meme. Yeah, yeah. Sad doctor, sad meme. <laughs> Speaking of, who is the doctor? I thought it was interesting that they called him the Dark Lord. Whoa. I don't remember if that was, was that Dalek Khan or Davros? I can't remember now. Mm. Somebody called him that. They called him the Dark Lord. And I was like, oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> like, make him Darth Vader, why don't you? Um, he is the man who abhors violence, and yet he fashions ordinary people into weapons. Davros, boy, uh, Dalek Khan's prophecy about the doctor's soul being exposed was pretty dang accurate. Mm-hmm. They just like flayed him open on an operating table and said, "Everybody, take a peek inside, real quick." What just said, Doctor? It was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, there's so many moments where he's just sitting there hanging his head down. You know, there's this moment of like triumph of. You know, Torchwood being like, we're going to blow you all out of the sky. And Martha saying, I'm going to blow up the whole planet and destroy your plans. And, you know, the, you know, all these different things happening. And the doctor is just hanging his head. And I don't know, man. I, I don't know how far off topic we want to go with this because we've got a, you know, we've still got other stuff going on in this episode. But I really wrestle with the whole idea of the doctor being like this man of peace. Mm-hmm. Because and and they point this out. They point this out in the show. You know, Davros points it out here. It's pointed out in, in episodes down the road. But I mean, like, what do you guys think? Mm-hmm. Is the Doctor a man of war? A man of peace? Does he try and save life? Does he try and end it? I don't mm-hmm. know. Like for the bad guys, he's like kill them all. <laughs> but for like the good guys, he's like we gotta save them. Except like he likes. 
like new creatures and stuff, but yeah. like the Daleks, you're dead. Right. The Daleks, no. Right. <laughs> like your mm -hmm. Cybermen and stuff. Cybermen, no. Cybermen mm -hmm. not not allowed to live. The Ragnarok, the what are they called? Ragnos? No. Nah. The Ragnos, yeah. Let's drown all mm -hmm. of them as babies. Like um, all new life that I, it's like all new life is good, but all the bad life, no, get out. I'm gonna kill you all. Um, you want to kill people? I want to kill you. How how did he how did he treat the weep, weeping angels? He he. he I mean, angel. he didn't destroy them, but. I guess he was kind of inconsequential in that episode, wasn't he? Yeah. That was that. That was the Doctor Light episode. So, I don't know. I just I really struggle uh, with the idea that. And, and, I, and I don't know what to chalk it up to. I don't know if it's inconsistency in the writing. I don't know if it's one of these things that we talk about all the time where if you run a show for this long, you're going to have these kind of problems. You're going to have inconsistencies. I think it's a bit of both there because they've had a lot of writers and a lot of time on air. So, Right. And that's the thing is, is it that? Is it just the inconsistency of writing over time? Or is it intentional at all? Because you do have those moments where... The doctor will do anything to save a life, even if it is a life that is dangerous to other life around it. Mm -hmm. He tried to save Davros. Like he created Dolly. Yeah, he's like, "Come with me, Davros. I'll take you with me." And then um, he you know, says to the person that created the species that wiped out all of his species and was literally about to destroy the entire multiverse. Like he right. was commanding. To and, kill everything. Well, and, and it wasn't even the Daleks that came up with the it, reality bomb. That was Davros. Like, that was himself, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I just and He was I the one know. who commanded it, like, launch it now. Yeah. Now. And, and because of that, I thought it was weird. I thought it was weird the way he handled the Metacrisis Doctor. Because he's like, you committed genocide. Um... Hello, does anybody remember a couple of Christmas episodes ago? Or last Christmas. It mm -hmm. was the last Christmas episode, wasn't it? With the Ragnos? Yeah. That was last Christmas. <laughs> uh, he not only committed genocide, he committed genocide on babies. Like, and, and granted, he's like... He drowned a bunch of babies I, at the center of the earth. Yeah, and, and remember, he, he, he tells... Um, and how did the water fill up that fast? I swear. Oh, I... Yeah. Let's not rehash that. However, Detail. Detail. it's just the idea that like he he had just done that, and he had no problem when Rose did it. Rose did what? Rose like oh, yeah. bad, wolf, boom, bad wolf killed every single out. Dalek, right. and it wiped was with Daleks Dalek too. And these were more dangerous Daleks, according to him. If even without the reality bomb, they could take over the cosmos. Mm-hmm. So they I had know. an army, and they had Davros, and they had a Dalek that could predict the future. <laughs> right, right, right. Hey, Dalek, Supreme, is this gonna work? No, this invasion isn't gonna work. <laughs> okay, ask Dalek Khan. Go downstairs. Move on. Go down to the cage and ask the the abomination. So, uh, so who is the Doctor? I don't know. Davros says he's the man who keeps running, never looking back, because he dare not unto shame. And then names him forever the destroyer of worlds. It's pretty and brave it, coming from a guy about to destroy <laughs> all the worlds. Well, I mean, yeah, except that, you know, apparently Davros doesn't have a problem with that. He just wants the doctor to see that. He, he, wants, he wants the doctor, a man who 
thinks of himself as a healer, a man of peace, to see himself as a destroyer, a destroyer of worlds, the one who fashions ordinary people into women, uh, women, into weapons, and mm-hmm. dares not look back unto shame. Mm-hmm. You know, he just wants him to to be confronted with himself, much as we were confronted with his rib cage. Holy, oh, okay. <laughs> oh. wow. Best right. Halloween costume ever. So, other stuff we noticed. Um, I kind of already alluded to this. Uh, Davros and the Emperor. I guess all creepy, wrinkly old men with weird eyes can shoot electricity from their hands? Yeah, what? Is that or just that's like just a and she can cut it off? Uh, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. No, 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 not even cut it off. Make it backfire on him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she made it so that it backfired himself. on him. Um, and you know what I just realized? He also wears a gauntlet, just like his daddy Thanos. Mm-hmm. See, my theory holds up. Um, let's see. Okay, so that brings me to this was Endgame. Mm-hmm. This was Avengers Endgame of of the Doctor Who uh, television universe. Years of storytelling and character development in multiple franchise in the same u- universe converging all at once. Mm-hmm. Every character has to bring their unique skills, powers, knowledge, etc. to win the day. They even dusted people. Mm-hmm. And they were about to dust more people. They were about to dust all of the realities. All the people, instead just of like in Endgame, where he was going to destroy the entire oh, universe. Oh, yes, he Create was. Wasn't he was going to dust the whole universe. I forgot about that part. The original Endgame. That's right. Yeah, so they, they did. They did Endgame before Endgame did Endgame, before Marvel did it. Um, it's also a bizarre... Um, as I was thinking about these three shows, uh, there, was a, there was a note on Wikia... Do y'all remember the scene where they all got on, on space Facebook? They were all talking to each other on uh-huh. the on the subway like network. Yeah. And uh, what's her name? Sarah Jane says of Torchwood, she says, I try and keep my distance from you guys. Too many guns. And then she like t- t- tilts her head towards uh, Luke. My um, little child. That was uh, the, on the Wikia. They pointed out that, you know, the Sarah Jane Adventures was a kid show. So that was kind of like a fun little nod to, yeah, yeah, we don't hang out with... Torchwood is where you want to go for the guns. Uh, Sarah Jane Adventures is where you want to go for the kid shows. Mm-hmm. And it's it's uh, kind of like having a G, a PG, and an R-rated show all running in the same universe. Yeah, I, I likened it to... It would be like if Endgame also featured Phineas and Ferb as well as John Wick. <laughs> Okay. Wide selection. Because Marvel so far has been pretty PG-13. Mm-hmm. So if you all of a sudden had like John Wick show up and <laughs> Phineas and Is that movie rated R? All three of them, yeah. Oh, There's like so many heads exploding in that movie, I bet. I, I haven't seen them yet. But <laughs> you bet. I did I did look it up to, to see and yeah, all three of them are rated R. And I, I mean, it's a re- it's a re- head exploding in there. Yeah, it's a revenge killing movie. You know, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a movie centered on a guy's ability to do kung fu with guns. So, um, and then on the flip side of that, you have, you know, PBS, Phineas and Ferb, you know, if, if Phineas and Ferb had walked PBS, through one of those, okay. what is that? That wasn't PBS, but okay. Oh, uh, what was it? I don't is it, know. Is but it Nickelodeon? It no. That was not even Nickelodeon. <laughs> I'm pretty what sure it? it was just. I thought y'all watched own, it on PBS. No. no. No, we watched it on Cartoon Netflix. Network. Cartoon Network? We watched it on Netflix. You should I stop. People are screaming into their iPods. Okay. So, um, so yeah, if, if at the, uh. Uh, a little miniature spoiler alert for Endgame. I'm not telling you anything, but if at the end, if Phineas and Ferb had walked through a portal and John Wick had walked through another portal, 
the like John Wick jumped out like shooting RPG. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Thanos, exactly, yeah. you killed my. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you killed my dog. So um, if if that had happened, yeah, you dusted my dog. <laughs> dusted my dog. There, there is a great meme of John Wick holding his dog and it's dusting. And then the next pain is Thanos going, oh, crap. (laughs) You angered John. Now he's coming for you. Um, So that's the thing is that's what you have is you have the Sarah Jane adventures. You know, we've talked over the years about how Doctor Who fancies itself a kid show. But one of the things that I've thought about here recently, remember, remember we kicked the can down the road about um, about doing bias bootstraps. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I said that I didn't I didn't know what to do with it because of the language. I realized about a week after that show. That and I'll have to. I'll, I, I am still going to double check. I have not made a decision. I'm going to go back and listen to it again to be sure. But I think that most of the language that happens in that that radio broadcast of Bias Bootstraps also appears on Doctor Who. Hmm. I'm pretty sure there may be not. Probably or, appears in Endgame. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, so there's some, some D's and some H's, you know, it's just kind of PG 13 cuss words. Um, but I, I, all of a sudden I realized I've heard that out of some of the characters on Dr. Who. So, you know, it's that PG PG line our PG 13 line, but Sarah Jane adventures was like, it was a kid show. It was designed to be a kid show. It stayed a kid show the whole time. It's for um, kids. In, in the opening 20 minutes of episode one of Torchwood, I decided you guys were not watching that one yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like there is some like violence going down here that uh, I don't I don't know if we need to go there yet. So um, so it was really interesting to blend all of those together, and they even made a made a nod to it like that. So um, that was that was fun stuff there. So um, all right, I just briefly wanted to mention this. There was some interesting conversation about regenerations. Trip and I talked about it a little bit. Uh-huh. You were asking me, so did he regenerate? Um, I told you at the time, no, he didn't. He, he healed himself, but he didn't change. And then he shunted all of the regeneration energy off onto his hand. And so I thought that meant, okay, so, you know, we're good. I did a little bit of digging and there's, there's a couple things that go on here. So apparently every time a regeneration happens, we learn something new about regeneration. Mm-hmm. It seems to be a pattern that every time there is a regeneration, going back to classic who there's something different about it. There's something thrown in there by the writers, like the fact that, you know, when his hand got cut off and we learned that, oh yeah, you can regrow stuff within as the long first as 15 it's hours. In, or was it 24 hours? No, it was 15. That's um, random. Yeah, it was a random number. Um, so within the first... And this is 14 and a half, so I can still grow my <laughs> hand back. <laughs> so I'm still good. I got 37 minutes left. Um, so that, uh, we, we see here again that... Um, you, you can, you can, uh, do this bit where it's shunting off, you know, the, the regeneration energy. He, he didn't, he actually stopped the regeneration, but only because he had, uh, what was it? A matching genetic receptacle nearby, i.e. his hand. So that's why he pointed mm-hmm. his hand attached to his body at his hand in the jar and shunted all the energy so that's, off. That's like how you cheat it each time. You just kind of, oops, I cut my hand off. I, I, yeah, I was going to say that would be... Uh, so here's the question. In when he did that, does that mean he could have cut his hand off right then and regrown it within 15 hours? Probably if it was still or, a regeneration. Well, no, because he didn't actually regenerate. So no. who knows? So now here's the thing. 
Um, later on in an episode called The Time of the Doctor, this is several years down the road, it's the 11th Doctor, um, he says that the Doctor's partial regeneration, the 10th Doctor's partial regeneration, did use up one of his regeneration cycles. So it did... So it's already had 13, so it's you already... S- you say use up, but that doesn't seem to matter at this point. No, no, no. So, so here's the thing is, um, now again, we've... We, we haven't gotten there, but we've talked about and we've hinted at this idea of the War Doctor. And so in the episode, The Time of the Doctor, we've already met the War Doctor. That's already happened. Okay? Uh-huh. And uh, Eleven tells his companion at the time that he is in his final incarnation because the War Doctor and the partial regeneration of Ten. So theoretically... 11 is really 13. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it's all, he's, he's all used up, and he has, and this is 11, okay? Mm-hmm. He says definitively, this is my last incarnation. And now, theoretically, as in there might have been ones before the first doctor. Right, right, right. So um, I am going to, I'm going to um, leave it there, um, but I, I wanted to bring that up because I saw an interesting tidbit that because that's the case, this makes Rose Tyler the only person to have actually seen the Doctor regenerate twice. Mm. Makes her the only companion or the only individual uh, so far to see the Doctor uh, regenerate twice, even though one of them was like a, a half regeneration. Partial. It's still, yeah, it still counted or whatever. So, um, Guys, um, Noobs in the Whovian is also brought to you by listeners like you. If you find value in what we do, if you enjoy uh, the, the content that we're bringing you, if you, like many others, have said uh, that you listening to our episode makes you enjoy the Doctor Who episode even more, then we ask f- uh, if you would consider giving a little bit of value back. Uh, so you can go to patreon.com slash noobs and the Whovian and you become a supporting patron of our family-friendly independent, independent, independent media today. That was hard to say. Family-friendly independent media. I still can't do it. <laughs> independent, independent. Uh, that's us. All right. So that brings us to our classic Who connection. And uh, this, this is uh, Jared's longest one to date, he said. So um, I can't even imagine how many how many connections there are. I'm sure that he's going to spend a little bit of time on Davros. So let's check out what he's got to say. Hello, noobs in the Whovian. This is Jared bringing you your classic Who connections for the last two episodes of season four, The Stolen Earth and Journey's End. The Whovian and I discussed what should be covered this week. What the Whovian asked for was the deep dive into Davros because even he admitted that he didn't really feel he knew a whole lot about the character of Davros. So we're going to cover that and then there's a couple of little things that I just couldn't let go of that we'll cover at the end because Davros really, I could do a whole episode worth on just his story. It's uh, woven through classic Who and now brought into new Who and I'm going to warn you though, it's kind of hard to decide what to share and what not to share because I don't want to reveal too many spoilers. And Davros is so tied up with the Daleks and we're about to get into, in a few weeks, we're going to get into the classic Who episode for Noobs in the Whovian of the Daleks. And I don't want to give away too much about that either, (laughs) about their history and ruin that serial that we're going to watch. So 
I think I've got a good idea of what to share for Davros, but I am still going to warn you, there's going to be a lot of spoilers here, especially I'm trying to limit it to classic Who spoilers. So if you're going to go back and watch, especially Genesis of the Daleks, that's with the fourth Doctor there, uh, this is going to spoil some of that episode. So if you don't want any spoilers for that, don't listen and skip beyond this if you're really into classic Who. Without further ado, we're gonna get into Davros. As I said, the first time we see Davros really is not until 1988. Since the oh, Daleks wow. were introduced clear mm -hmm. back in the first season of Doctor <clears throat> Who, so you can figure that he was added on later, but he really is considered the man who gave birth to the Daleks. Davros is stuck in a wheelchair and on life support, and I'm not gonna give you the specifics of his accident, but uh, suffice it to say, there was an accident that blinded him. He sees through the eye stock that's in his forehead, the mini eye stock, and his wheelchair looks like half of the armor that the Daleks roam around in. That's not a coincidence. He is very much tied to the Daleks. In fact, he was the head scientist that engineered not only the Daleks' armor, but also the Daleks themselves. So we're on Skaro in the middle of the thousand-year war between the Thals and the Khalid races. And Thanos, I mean Davros, is fighting on the side of the... <laughs> I was just about to pause and clarify, just in case we, anyone's forgotten, Skaro is the home planet of the Daleks. I don't remember how much we've talked about that before, but that <laughs> just threw me off there. Thanos, I mean, I mean Davros. Davros. See, I'm right, guys. <laughs> Emperor Thanos. Khalids. And so he's a leader for them, but he's also the head of the, the scientific elite. Not only is he working on the creation of battle armor and weaponry, that we see uh, with the Daleks later on, but he's also working on manipulating matter and he's working with these mutations that are a result of the Thousand Year War. You got nuclear war going on and things. So he's working with, with all of this, trying to create something that's going to help turn the tide for the war, that's, that's going to help win the war for them. Um, so this is what's going on when we have the fourth Doctor, uh, Tom Baker, coming in to Scarrow. He's sent to Scarrow by the Time Lords in order to try and stop the Daleks, trying to stop Davros from even creating the Daleks or finishing the Daleks. And uh, so the fourth Doctor with Sarah Jane Smith goes to Scarrow, and so not the first time, obviously, they've been to Scarrow, and he goes to Scarrow to try and prevent the, the Daleks from this history of destruction from even ever even happening. So you got a little bit of uh, Terminator kind of going on, except uh, being sent back to for good uh, back in time, not not for uh, evil. And so, but of course, the doctor being the doctor, he can't bring himself to actually just kill and stop. Uh, he he wants to actually try and turn their uh, turn Davros's thinking around. Um, so. Davros is not necessarily inherently evil from the start. Uh, his situations sort of turn him evil. He's, he's, he's brilliant from the start. He's very smart, and the doctor acknowledges that. Uh, but 
he uh, becomes more and more evil as experiences turn him that way. We, we don't really get that so much in Genesis of the Daleks. We get that maybe more as his character is fleshed out over the whole time. So back to the Doctor trying to convince Davros uh, that maybe he can use these creatures that he's helped develop and, and with, these, with this armor for good rather than being evil exterminators that they would become. But the Daleks do come to life and they turn on Davros because Davros has programmed oh. all feelings out of them so they have no pity. <laughs> and the, he's also programmed into the Daleks that they are to exterminate all those who are not pure Dalek. So they turn on oh. him and his other scientists and they kill them all, except Davros obviously doesn't die he actually goes into, because he's on life support, his, the main life support's destroyed, but the backup life support keeps him uh, alive there and just in sort of a coma state. That serial is really the first time we're introduced to Davros, and I think that's going to give you enough backstory to really understand him. But I don't want to leave you thinking that Davros is just this one-dimensional evil character they really do a good job as they bring him back throughout the whole of Classic Who and into New Who. They bring out more of his backstory and more of the reasons why uh, he is evil and try and flesh him out more. And it just gives a whole lot more context to why he does what he does. And it's impressive because they actually put in points where he shows that he respects the Doctor and the Doctor's genius, and the Doctor shows that he respects Davros on certain levels and knows that he could be an agent for good instead of evil Boy, and nice. sees that there's more to yeah. him in there. And I love that relationship when we, you have these reoccurring bad guys and that rapport that, uh, that he can build with some of them. So this is a great example of that, so keep an eye out for more Davros. And if you're getting into Classic Who, you got some more to look forward to there also. But we're going to now turn our attention to a couple more details of connections that we saw in these episodes uh, before we wrap things up. There's a reference from the Doctor that someone attempted to move the Earth a long time ago. This is a reference to the serial The Dalek Invasion of Earth. And in that serial, the Skaronian Oppressors, also known as Daleks, wow. attempted <laughs> to turn the Earth into a giant spaceship by inserting a drive into the planet's core and therefore move the Earth. Uh, so they, they did uh, try to move the Earth already before, and this was the first time they accomplished it. Now, according to the Sixth Doctor, in his season-long epic Trial of a Time Lord, uh, he tells us that the Earth will be moved two light years away and be renamed Ravelox in the year two million. So we've got a few Lucky years year. for that to happen yet, and we have something to look forward to. <laughs> and I also want to talk about Wilf, because wow. I love Wilf. And uh, so when he comes out and shoots the, a paintball at a Dalek, he shoots him in the eye stock, <laughs> and the Dalek is then able to evaporate the paint. The Dalek says, awesome. my vision is not impaired. Uh, this is a reversal of early Daleks who, when hit in the eye stalk with pretty much anything, would just run and spin around wildly saying, my vision is impaired, my vision is impaired, over and over again. So this also shows that. that this is no longer a weakness for them and is showing how the Daleks are evolving. And finally, this is not the first time that a doctor was shot by a Dalek. The third doctor was also shot by a Dalek in... 
planet of the Daleks. He was not killed then either, obviously, uh, and, uh, but he didn't even need to regenerate. His legs were simply paralyzed. It wasn't a kill shot. Oh, so there you have it. Those are your classic Who connections for these two episodes. I'm going to give these two episodes together a solid nine. So then uh, creep factor. Uh, there were creepy parts uh, out there. Uh, you know, Davros making the Daleks out of his own flesh and <laughs> somehow still surviving without yeah. any flesh. Uh, and also, I, I mean, I guess he survived worse already. And uh, a few other parts like that. So uh, I'd say this is a little bit beyond uh, the middle, beyond the average. So I'm going to go ahead and give it a creep level of about uh, 275 and call it good there. So thank you to the TARDIS Wikia, of course, and to my memory, making a comeback here with Genesis of the Daleks. Didn't need to look that one up, at least. And uh, also like to thank big thank you to Noobs and the Whovian for having me on. And I look forward to bringing you more classic Who connections next time. So he said he said in his email that was uh, his longest one to date. He said it's it's 10 minutes long. Mm. It clocked in at nine minutes and 53 seconds as I was just watching it. He said he trimmed it down from 20. (laughs) <laughs> wow! Holy crap! So I was thankful for that. I was like, "Oh, geez, man! Like we need to give you that would your be own like most episode. of our episode." <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, I did. Um, I, I did wonder when he the the Dalek, you know, burned off the paint and said, mm-hmm. "My vision is not impaired." I was like, "That seems like an oddly phrased statement." I wonder if that's mm-hmm. some sort of a callback or something. So sure enough, it. it I was thought on did, that. it was hard mm-hmm. to hit the Dalek's eye. No, that's supposed to be its biggest weak point. Yeah. Because No, I mean like when they shot bullets, like you had to shoot like four or five before it actually hit the eye stack. So he shot it like first try. No, it's just that uh, everybody it, was never shooting yeah. at the eye stock. Yeah, oh, sure. yeah. Which would seem obvious. It would seem know, obvious. Like, you got a big glowing if, ball if you, sticking out there. If you're not able to hit with. any other part of the body at least Try the part where it makes it so it can actually see. Yeah. And how did he think of it? Like, all these trained professional guys don't ever think. (laughs) What a shoot at the Well, he was just going to blind it, you know, with paint. So It's not about he he knew it was a weakness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everybody else had gun guns that they were trying to actually take them out. He's like, all I've got is a paintball gun, but at least I can blind that sucker. So Apparently bullets can't get through their shields, but... Rock skin. skin. Oh, yeah, rock skin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Chucks a brick at him. All right, guys. So um, Jared gave it a 9 out of 10. Uh, Trip, what do you got for us? I'm going to match that up with a 9. I agree very strongly with that. Yeah. The only reason it was not a 10 is because it had the Daleks. That's the <laughs> only reason. The only right. reason. I'm like, the hatred this continues. is a 10. This is a 10. I love this episode. Then I was like, Daleks. The hatred continues. How Corbin? you? I'm gonna give this nine mechanical blue eyes in <laughs> oh, the I middle of your say, forehead. I said nine regenerations. Gotcha. All right, so Corbin's giving it nine mechanical blue eyes sticking out of somebody's forehead. That's awesome. Fun. Um, guys, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna give this ten Doctor Donnas. Doctor uh, I'm sorry, man. Like I know it's got the Daleks, and I know I know I'm not crazy about the Daleks. I, again, though. This had my favorite incarnation of, of the Daleks. I liked the Cult of Scarrow more than I like just the Daleks in general. And Crazy Dalek Khan, 
<laughs> along with Psycho Davros. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Um, I thought Dalek Supreme just was completely unnecessary. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know why that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they just always seem to, to have, have to do a that. Leader Dalek, I guess. Yeah, they always seem to have to have that. Um, I guess I guess because it showed that Dalek Khan and Davros weren't in charge, as the Doctor pointed out later on. So that was kind of interesting. But um, mm-hmm. but that aside, that aside, guys. I mean, it was beautiful. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, it had it had like the saddest ending possible, but one that one that they earned. I felt like. Um, it wasn't like, oh, well, let's just kill off a character because that'll be sad and that'll get ratings. Um, you know, they did something with Donna's arc. And I told you guys, I love Donna's arc because mm-hmm. <clears throat> she literally goes from one end of the spectrum to the other where I'm only a temp in Chiswick, she keeps saying. You know, that's all I am. I'm worthless. She, you know, what, two episodes ago told her mom, I guess I've always been a disappointment to you. And her mom goes, yeah. Yeah. You know, granted that was in an alternate reality, so I guess it never actually happened. But, but I mean, yeah. But I mean, we go from that to her being the most important person, you know, in all of creation, like twice, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Like she she saves. um, So okay, all right. So let you know what we didn't talk about is that turn left made this episode possible. The reason that Rose showed up was because the lights were going out, the stars were going out, the darkness was coming. It was because if Donna turned right instead of turning left, then she didn't save the doctor, which means the doctor wasn't there to stop Davros, mm-hmm. which means he detonated the reality bomb. Mm. So he detonated the reality bomb. That's why the stars were going out in Donna's, in Pete's universe. But the planet never got moved. Uh Time runs differently in Pete's universe. So she was experiencing effects of things that actually hadn't happened yet in our universe. Wait, what? So if she had turned right and never had and, and wasn't able to, 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 to overcome the time beetle, then she would have, uh, then the earth would have been moved. Davros would have detonated the reality bomb. The stars would have started going out. And that's what was happening in Pete's universe. Because time runs faster there. Oh. They were already up ahead of us. So the stars were going out. The reality bomb was working. It was slowly spreading throughout the universe. And actually, it did happen because the stars started going out in, <coughs> in, Donna's, in Donna's world. Mm-hmm. Right? Which, again, was you know, kind of a parallel universe <coughs> or whatever. So mm-hmm. because she turned left and saved the Doctor, this episode happened. So it's, it's almost like a three-story, a three-episode arc, mm-hmm. really. Uh, just without the big giant to be continued in the middle. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I love that it was just like one shout out, one call out after another, one amazing crossover guest star after another, um, <clears throat> you know, shouting out to every episode of the season, every season so far, seasons in Classic Who, seasons of other shows. Um, it was pretty much, like I said, it was end game before end game. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was amazing. So I am going to give this one 10 out of 10 Dr. Donna's. So creep level, I'm going to say, I'm going to put it right about middle of the road, about 225, so not dead middle of the road. Um, and that's entirely for um, Dalek Khan, mm-hmm. Davros's mouth, and Davros's ribcage. <coughs> and that's the eye. Creepy. The eyes are weird. His eyes? <coughs> Those are horrifying. Those are absolutely horrifying. It's Just like his he's face. Got, it's like he's got two inverted, inverted Thanos chins in place of where his eyes should be. <laughs> 
Corbin, what do you got for creep factor? <laughs> statement is just so bizarre. Uh, Instead of poking out, they they poke in, so they're like inverted chins, uh-huh. and they get the little lines on them because yeah. he's wrinkly like a raisin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, g- I'm gonna give this raisin. I'm gonna give this a two fifty on the creep level. All right, trip. Um. So I'm gonna do 200 just for Davros's face and just his, his face and yeah. his chest, yeah. and then 18 for like the rest of the episode. Gotcha. So 218. All right, all right. Um, theories we didn't really have any um, listener input. We didn't have much uh, this week. I thought we had a um, another. I think we may have gotten another five star review, uh, but it was just a rating, not a not a written <coughs> review. So there was nothing to. Uh, to read and to share there. So uh, the game plan, guys, here's what's going on. So we've, we've made a couple of tweaks to uh, to the upcoming schedule. First of all, uh, we talked about doing a 0.5 episode on Music of the Spheres. We're going to bump that one to after the Series 4 recap. So next week is the Series 4 recap. So no real episodes for you to watch. Um, I, you know what, guys? I really just don't know about, about the poll. Last time we didn't have a whole lot of response <laughs> on the poll. And it was a lot of work for us to do. So yeah. I think I think unless I get ma- massive email and Facebook outcry, then I'm just going to say we're, we're not going to do the poll, and um, we'll we'll just spend some time talking about our faves and our bests and worsts and that kind of stuff. Hopefully, we will do the uh, music of the spheres point five episode after that though. Um, so that'll be that'll be coming up, and um, that is uh, it features an, an alien that we mentioned earlier called the Grask, and the, the Grask was featured in an interactive episode called Attack of the Grask, which was I think a couple of I think it was a couple of years before this. Um, so mm-hmm. we may go and watch that as well. And uh, if you go to the if you go to the website noobsinthehoobian.com, there's a link to Music of the Spheres and a link to Attack of the Grask, uh, both I think on um, on YouTube. Yeah. Both of those are on YouTube, yeah. So hopefully they're still there <laughs> on YouTube because it is copyrighted content. I don't know what the deal is with that. Um, and we may or may not t- cover Attack of the Grass. It depends on how we're feeling or whatever. So, um, because of some potentially awesome stuff that I don't want to mention yet because it hasn't been confirmed, we're going to move um, the Classic Who and David Tennant specials around. So what we're going to do is we're going to do the Classic Who episode after the David Tennant specials. So up next, Series 4 Recap, then Music of the Spheres, then the Christmas Special, which, again, um, things get a little bit wonky from here forward. So the Christmas Special, if you're watching along with us on Amazon Prime, it's the next episode. It's called Episode 15, and it's called The Next Doctor. It's a Christmas Special that was just tagged onto the end of Series 4. Then um, we move into the David Tennant specials. Now, what you have to do is these are these are considered like a different show on Amazon Prime. So instead of going to Doctor Who season four and a half or something, you're going to go to Doctor Who, the David Tennant specials. Again, if you go to noobsinthehoovian.com, click on the link for this post, episode 53, uh, you'll see a link to, uh, to that series. And um, all of the David Tennant specials that, that we're mentioning here are part of that show, season, whatnot. So there is Planet of the Dead, which is called the Easter special. The Waters of Mars, which is called an autumn special, because it was a special episode in autumn. 
the end of time parts one and two, which are the Christmas episode and the New Year's special. Um, and so those are all the David Tennant specials. Um, and just so, just so you know, if you click on any of our links that we have taking you over to Amazon Prime, if you're not already an Amazon subscriber, or if you use that link and buy something else there, um, we'll, we'll get a little bit of the proceeds from that, but it won't affect your experience at all. Um, so that's what we're going to do. And then we're going to do the classic Who Rewind, where we're going to be doing uh, Series 1, Story 2, The Daleks. For that one, and we'll talk more about this later, you are going to need a BritBox subscription to Amazon. So again, we'll include our affiliate link there where you can uh, go over there. You can get a seven day free trial to BritBox. Um, that's an add on to Amazon Prime. So if you already have Prime, you still need to have this on top of that. So uh, make sure you check that out. So again, guys, join us next time for season four's recap episode. We're looking forward to that and going to have some fun. Until then, remember that Noobs in the Whovian is a production of Master Closet Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Our audio engineer is that guy. I'm Trip Reason. Our production editor is this other kid. Hey, I'm Corbin. And special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia, to Jared for the Classic Who connection, and to Jared and James for being our patrons. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Noobs and the Whovian. You can email us at noobsandthewhovian at gmail.com, and you can also find us directly at noobsandthewhovian.com. Wherever you found us, make sure you subscribe, leave us a rating, and share us with a friend, not because we're an awesome show, but because we watch one. Until next time, guys, my name is Austin. I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're, we're the, the noobs. noobs. And we will see you next time. Goodbye.